Welcome back, everyone, to episode number five of Three Putt Par, a podcast for people that love their golf um, and also some people out there that just like having a flutter on golf each week, but not necessarily religious to it, just, just want to be enjoying it uh, more than anything else. I'm your host, Mike Caridi. Please congratulate me. That's two episodes in a row. I have remembered to introduce myself uh, after going a couple without doing it. Um, I'm very happy to do that. So thank you for listening again. If you are a regular listener and if you are a first timer, welcome. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy and come back again. Uh, As most of you know, uh, if you have listened before, we do have a rotating chair for the co-host. We do have someone on different each week, gives a little bit of an update on on their life and how they fit in with golf. And then from there, we talk a little bit about this week in golf and then next week in golf. This week's guest, I'm very, very happy to say, is a very good friend of mine, Matt Mollica. Matt, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Really nice to join you and have a chat tonight. I nearly said Mashy Matt. <laughs> Do people just know you as Mashy Matt? Um, two of two of my friends refer to me as that, and they, I don't, I'm not sure they know what a Mashy is, <laughs> and so they're a bit confused as to why I would have that sort of name. But um... well, the the first time I met you was was a, a long time ago, and we were with Stu Kerr, and I remember you introduced yourself to Stu. And his head nearly fell off because he's like, you're Mashy Matt. And I was just like, oh, there you go. I didn't know who Mashy Matt was, but clearly Stu does. So you probably need to explain to people what Mashy Matt is. Yeah, so we, well, that first meeting of ours was at Royal Park. That was it the was. OG random golf club it was. outing with Stu and Eric and yeah. uh, about another dozen of us. Yes. And I used to. I used to post on Instagram under my full name with no alias, just my own identity. And my wife told me it probably wasn't a smart idea to do that. And so I wanted to think of something that had my initials. Uh, I play hickories and a, like a like a six iron equivalent in hickories is a mashy and initials MM. And I'm in Melbourne, mashy just sort of worked from there. Yeah, I, I, you, you've already taught me something because I actually didn't know what a mashy. I mean, I know what a mashy is, but I didn't know where it fit into the to the club number. So number six. Yeah, around that. Around that. Okay. So, um, so tell us a little bit about you. Um, you don't have to go too in depth. I know you, maybe your wife's going to say no. Don't don't share too much. Um, but tell us a little bit bit about you and your life, and then obviously life in golf. I had a bit of a warm up. Uh, for this discussion, I was talking with someone at work today. I, I'm a podiatrist, practice in the north of Melbourne, started my own clinic almost 30 years ago and um, have loved golf for even longer than that. I said to someone earlier today at work that my first memory of playing golf was playing at the Par 3 golf course in Albert Park that it's no longer there. Yeah, that's gone, isn't it? Was that where the is that where the driving range is now? Yeah, it sort of meandered around the lake and around where the driving range is now. You used to pay your money at a window that was on the side of the carousel. Oh yeah, so yeah. So that yep. when I grew up and I was a little kid, that used to be Rob's Carousel Restaurant and okay. big nights, celebrator celebratory events. My uh, parents would take me and my siblings to Rob's and we must have been leaning on my mum or dad to take us to the par three golf course at some stage because yeah. my dad didn't play. My mum doesn't play. And yeah, I vividly remember dad taking us along playing there. So uh, dad and mum don't play? No. So how did you get into golf? I can I can remember what that first shot on that golf course felt like in yeah. my hands now. Like I, 
like I held a door handle 10 seconds ago. I can yeah, just, right. I can feel it and I can yeah. see the trajectory and I've just, I've just loved it ever since I could, I could retire from the podiatry stuff tomorrow and dedicate the rest of my life to golf, doing a million and one different things around it. If I, if I had to. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of my mum doesn't play golf. She does like to think she could play golf. Um, she had a lesson 25, 30 years ago, probably still thinks she can hit it. Dad did play. Dad was a sparky, but it was a Friday night with the boys at Royal and Ancient Riverside Golf Club. And I remember going down there and caddying for him as a young child, and the three of them were no good, and they none of them hit the green on the par three. It's probably a 130-meter par three, 125-meter par three. And one of them told me to have a go. And I remember he pulled out a wood, a two wood, and I got the two wood and I knocked it on the green, and they were falling on the ground with laughter. And I still have that two wood. But that was that oh, was literally wow. when I started thinking, oh, this is not bad. I, mean, I didn't certainly play religiously after that, but that was I still being remember that being like that was right. That's the first memory of golf I have. It was a long time ago. A long Fantastic. time ago. So outside of work, which is obviously busy and playing, um, you have your own podcast too. You should probably tell us about that. Yeah. I've done I've done all sorts of things. Um I had I had a couple of ideas before COVID that uh, I would do a podcast. I had an idea for a book or two golf books that I would do, and um, COVID at first seemed like it would provide the necessary time to devote to those projects, and <laughs> yep. then that sort of didn't pan out that way in the end. Uh, so. Yeah, the podcast, Australian Golf Passport podcast. Scott Warren and I record that sporadically a couple of times a month. We've done um, a few more than two dozen episodes now. Our original aim was discussed at the Renaissance Cup. So Tom mm-hmm. Doak had his annual event. He did that down at the National on the Gunnamatta course in the month prior to all the COVID hysteria commencing. Yeah. And we had talked about whether or not we would do it and whether or not we wanted to provide a thumbnail guide for overseas listeners planning a, a bucket list golf trip to Australia. And it's sort of it's sort of turned out that way in some ways, and it sort of hasn't turned out like that in some ways. Most of our listeners are Melbourne and Sydney based, and they just have a tremendous appetite for talking about great golf courses mm-hmm. and talking about the game in general. Yeah. So We've Did had you, some guests to, to compliment that sort of brief. That's what I was um, going to say. You've had a lot of different guests. Um, who's been your better one so far? Who 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 have who's been your favourite ones? But who have the who have the listeners resonated with too? People flock to listen to Tron Carter. That oh, was yeah. the fastest, fastest to a thousand, fastest to fifteen hundred, fastest to two thousand. Yeah, wow. Um, that, that shot us back up in the rankings pretty quickly yeah um people love listening to matt goggin yes yep 50 people go back every week and listen to episode seven which was with clates sort of talking yeah. about the dribs and drabs of the mornington peninsula yep uh lucas michelle talking about metro mm-hmm. we did one with lily callow and matt griffin on victoria prior to the Australian Open last year as That's well. Right. And, yep. and Lily's played women's pennant for Vic and she's been a member there forever. Matt Griffin uh, turned 40 last month and he's been a pro for probably half his life and plays out of, or started at Cheltenham, but jumped the fence and started at Victoria pretty early on. 
Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Rand Morissette. We've got a really good one coming out this week with Ben Hillard, who works with Gil Hance Golf Design. Yep. You would have a, your listeners as well. Would be there would be quite a spectrum of listeners. You would. You, I, I'm guessing that you would have people that would be quite fascinated with architecture, but then you would have listeners that would be very intent on listening more, like you said, a bit more about like, oh, I'm coming to play in Australia. I need to understand some of the courses there and things like that. And they probably they wouldn't overlap. But that would be also be quite different segments, I would guess, of the golfing community. I, th- I think so. I think yeah. you're right, Mike. Um, I'm I'm sure that uh, there's some people who have listened to podcast episodes on Barnboogle or mm-hmm. Royal Melbourne or Kingston Heath who didn't go back and listen to the Bob Harrison interview, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob, I just I just sat transfixed just listening to Bob all all session. Yeah. Um. But there'd be a lot of people who would just want info on the logistics. How do I get down to Barn Boogle? Do I fly yeah. direct or do I go to Lonnie? What does my spouse do while I'm playing 36 a day? <laughs> and so we try to cover some of that in the podcast yeah. as well. No, I'm, yeah, I've listened to a lot of those podcasts. And actually, I'm trying to think if I listened to the Clakes one. I definitely know I listened to the one with Lily and that was on to talk about Fick because I, I think I listened to it before the event as one of those things that I would do on the drive down. I went down to have a look, but yeah, a lot of the other ones I've listened to, you know, here and there, and um, yeah, it's been good. I did. I was gonna say, did I listen to the Tron one? I'm sure I listened to the TC one because um, that was only a more recent one. But um, yeah, I think they're all good. They they all offer something a little bit different, which is good. And for me, to be honest, when you guys put it out, I was I was curious to see whether you just do a different golf course each week or how you would do, you know, do different bits and pieces. But um, yeah, it's been a bit of that, a bit a bit more different slants on on views on courses, like we said, architecture, but things have overlapped as well, which has been good. I thought we'd do about 25 and it would be one course a week and we'd have a yep. guest each week to speak about that course. And yep. it, it's evolved organically and deviated significantly from what I thought it would be originally. Yeah. Now, um, we probably skipped over your playing golf. Now, you didn't play golf for a while and I know why, um, but now you're playing golf. And we played golf together not long ago and now you are playing very good golf. So, do you want to give us a bit of a history of your golf? Yeah, I've been I've been a gypsy. I joined Northern. I've always been in the northwest of Melbourne, so Northern was my first golf club. Uh, two Rotarians who were um, in the same club in Essendon with my dad were members at Northern, and they kindly nominated me and seconded me when I was a little boy. Uh, I was at Northern for a while and then with a friend who went through podiatry school with me, um, joined the National when they were looking to expand and go from being a one-course club to a three-course club. So they issued chairs and took on more members. Yes. And um, my friend Steve and I joined there when they were just starting to break ground on Moona. Yep. So probably that probably would... Years ago? 2025? 20, yeah, more. more. Yeah. It's, it would have been 97, 98, I think. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 25 years. Yeah, wow. So stayed there for a decade. Um, don't have a property down on the peninsula. Was driving down and back. Mm. And towards the end of my 10-year membership there, I got married, moved out to the suburbs from an inner city place where I was living for a while, had a child, and thought, oh, I don't reckon this is going to happen a lot <laughs> here on in. No. And, and so I had, had friends nominate me at clubs closer 
to home in the sand belt further away uh, than I'd like, but but half the distance to the Nash. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I play out in one of the most stupid phrases I ever utter in my life. I'm a member at Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath. Which I'll I'm always in... I, I, of all the stupid things I've said. If I ever say that, it won't be the dumbest thing I've ever said. I promise it just you. Feels, it's feels <laughs> a tiny bit embarrassing, but it, it, tremendously privileged. So, oh, absolutely. so, um, so yeah, I, I never get to play as much as I'd like. Had a big hiatus a couple of years ago because of a really bad back, yep. which is probably what you're alluding to before. But that's yeah. that's it seems under control now, which is good. Well, after watching you hit driver down the middle and long uh, all day a few Saturdays ago, I think I think your back's fine. Uh, I'm actually I'm quite comfortable that I head to the same gym as you to do the strengthening stuff because one day I'm hoping to hit it the same way. It you was will. um it was quite a show. It's yeah, it's it's probably an, an advertisement for a rollback more than anything else, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> we did say uh, that. We did say that. Yeah. It's so. probably it's probably a good it's a great segue. I'm not good at segues. That is a good segue. We should probably have a, a chat about rollback in general before we talk yeah. about anything else. I don't know if I've got a tiny bit of ADHD. I know I've spoken about this with my wife a while ago, but I feel like I've got lots of little projects going on, whether it's the podcast, trying to get stronger at the gym, trying to play more, play hickories, play 80s equipment, play modern equipment. Yeah. I've got I've got three books now <laughs> that I want to write, and I'm actually the most recent one that I've sort of thought of. I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm almost comfortable talking about now because I think I'm actually going to get it done. Which, which will be which will be nice. It's the smallest and the easiest to pick off, but uh, it's it's sort of a book that I'll compile more than write. Yeah. But one of those other projects, um, sort of sort of started by Will Watt. So Will was Will was putting Caddy magazine out at at half yearly intervals. Yeah. And I I saw his first episode and and jumped on quickly and contributed something to the second. And then ended up writing something for the fourth episode, and that was on a ball rollback. And Will came back to me probably a month after that episode, uh, hit the newsstands and said, we should probably do something rather than just argue back and forth on Twitter with Brandall. You can you can do something more than just write this article. And so the, the advocacy group, the Rollback Alliance, was mm. largely Will's idea. And and that's grown in the in the four years, five years since, uh, where he and I feel like we've sort of produced something that's of significant size, and a few thousand online followers across different platforms. Um, we've behaved in a professional capacity in a couple of different ways, whether it's writing to the USGA, writing to the RNA, trying to garner some support for the concept of a rollback. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's something I'm passionate about and and follow with great interest. Yeah, I think we both talked about it um, when we were playing the other week, and uh, it was one of those ones where it was on the par five. Oh, I'm never going to remember which which hole it was on the west. Fifteen, fourteen. What's the one? The shorter shorter yep. one of the yep. fifteen. Fifteen, and uh, we both hit great drives. Great drives. And we we're walking down, and I said, "This is the perfect, perfect advertisement for rollback." Because if you look at the two of us, and we're not terrible golfers, but we're not professional golfers, and we are blowing it thirty to fifty meters past these 
traps. Like, and we went off the front tees, we're off the normal tee boxes. It was like that should should not be happening. Like, if you think about it, one of the greatest courses in the world, that that just should. Even when I hit a good one, it shouldn't be that far past. Um, it was a perfect investment. Both traps have been reconfigured in the last ten years too, that, and pu- that- uh, push forward, as in like. Well- uh, closer to the green, particularly on the on the left side of the fairway. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we went straight over. Like so. Yeah. It's um. It's something that we talked about a lot, and and I do appreciate. I've got a rollback t shirt. I was wearing it uh, last weekend. It's probably the best fitting white t shirt that I have. I don't don't know what where you yeah. got it from, but it's a great t shirt. Um, but it's one that we've talked about a little bit the other day because of all the talk at the moment around rolling the ball back and. Um, we'll probably have a quick chat in a minute about the, the Oz PGA and their letter last week. But yeah, for me, it's just so simple. Like it is just so simple. And I know that people have all different views and people don't want by purification and we should be playing the same ball as the pros. And I just don't understand why they can't just say, yep, everyone's, we're just rolling it back for everybody. Keep it simple. Take 15 yards off the pros for people like me off a single figure handicap who are still not really consistently hitting it out of the middle every time. Swing speeds are nowhere near too average. I'm going to lose five, six meters on every drive, max. Like, it just makes... And that's if I flush one. If I don't hit it in the middle, I'll probably lose two or three. Like, it just makes no sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we talked about that a lot. But did you see the letter that came out last week from all of the governing bodies or the the um the PGA of Australia and the PGA of whatever that sent the letter back to um yeah the people trying to roll the ball back yeah i did i was still a tiny bit surprised because the PGA of America and the tour have been at the table all the way along yeah. as as things have been discussed you can you can throw a reasonable amount of mud at the USGA and question some of their conduct and their policies and their inactivity over the last 20 years. But I think they've been very collaborative and very patient and and, and hardly speedy with this process. Mm. Yep. So neither Seth Warne nor Jay Monaghan or anyone at the PGA Tour could be surprised about what was going to be proposed. No. And the RNA and the USGA have gone forward with that only to have the PGA Tour and the PGA of America say, look, we're, we're feeling uneasy about this and probably not going to embrace it as it's proposed, which is probably disingenuous of them as much as anything else. Do you ta- do you have any hope that they're coming back? And I'll preface this by saying I don't. Um, do you have any, any hope there that they're coming back with a plan that will still see some sort of rollback just some in a different way? Or do you think it's not the power of money from the ball producers and manufacturers is just too strong and they just want to keep it the way it is. I'm really hoping that they're able to run at least two majors and possibly three majors with a rollback ball. Yeah. And I think that the PGA Tour in that event will probably be dragged kicking and screaming into playing a rollback ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, it It would be really disingenuous of them to continue even further bifurcation if players went to the Open, Augusta and the US Open and played a rollback ball only to have PGA Tour events conducted with yeah something different. I think Rory said it from the beginning. If that's where it gets to, he's just going to play, play the rollback ball the whole time because that's he wants to play in majors at his best and he may as well just get used to it. 
And mind yeah. you, it's easy for him to say because he does, even with a rollback ball, he's going to be hitting it past 50, 60% of the field off the tee anyway. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it seems it seems quite weird. And yeah, I do hope, I deep down, I really do hope that they get to a point where they can come to some sort of agreement on what has to happen. But sitting with a uh, head in the sand is, is certainly not going to get it done. No, no. Um, now, on to the important stuff. Did you watch any golf this week? Because I know, I know, and I'll, just for everyone at home, Matt is not a big PGA Tour guy, which is fine. Not everyone is. I'm I not used everywhere. to be. I used well, to be. Well, that's a good question. Why are you not so much now? When you when you think about it, I mean, we're not talking about the John Deere Classic. We might be talking about, say, Arnold Palmer Invitational, a bigger a bigger event. Is it? It's something that definitively said that was the point where I stopped watching. Or was it just slow bleed? Slow bleed. Okay. Slow was bleed. It, was it the lack of, you know, you need more Patrick Cantlay's out there? You need to really get it lively or was it was it something else? No, I I've I don't like most of the courses they play. Yep. I've grown to dislike a lot of the pros, unfortunately. What are your thoughts on Justin Thomas? Just <laughs> so I think uh, you probably send me a message once a week. On your thoughts on Justin Thomas, um, you don't have to answer that. If you don't I reckon. Want to incriminate I think, yourself. No, no, no. He's. I think he's just become a bit of a poster boy for for a, a generation of PGA Tour players who seem very entitled and very detached. Yeah. No, I think. I think he's. Um. He certainly is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put the, the completely back him up. I think he's probably one of those guys that. Um, is in that way, but I think a lot of it is also just he does get tarred a lot with stuff, but just because he's one of the bigger names. The same as Rory. When Rory, and Rory's not in the in the Justin Thomas world, but now when they need a quote, they go to Rory or they go to JT. They don't go to you know Wyndham Clark. Um, probably yeah. just as boring. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so it was just a, a bit of a, 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 a slow fallout of love. Yeah, li- the the live controversy exacerbated it. PGA Tour conduct from their head office exacerbated it. Um, I don't think you're alone. I mean, even for me, right? So I'm religious to watching golf every week. Um, and with all of the kerfuffle through Live and the PIF and signing up together and the last six to eight months, yeah, it's just like got to a point where it's like, you know what? Let's just get back to playing golf, guys. I just don't care anymore. Like, I just... I think I said it on a podcast, if not the last one I was on before. It's like, don't talk to me about the labor. Show me the baby. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear all the stuff anymore. Just show me the plan that once it's enacted, don't, I don't want to hear thoughts anymore. I just don't care. Mm. And I think a lot of people just don't care. I want to, I want to be able to enjoy watching good players play great golf. And that's all I really care about. Yeah. I think there's a lot of fans. I think there's a lot of fans that feel that and, and they probably feel a bit disenfranchised. Even before all of this Saudi live PGA Tour angst commenced, and and that's probably just been heightened in the subsequent 18, 24 months. Yep, no, no, no disagreement there. So, well, this week was the FedEx Saint Jude Championship. It was the first of the uh, playoff events, and probably a good news story that that people probably didn't didn't get behind was that uh, Lucas Glover won. Lucas Glover, for anyone at home that wants the stats, between 2012 and 2018, he won $5.2 million over 158 starts. 
in between August 6th and 13th this year, he's won $5 million in two starts. That's a fair correlation of how much money has entered golf, but it also doesn't hurt when you win back-to-back events and one of them's a FedEx Cup event for the finals. Um, that's bananas money. This is like, yeah, that's literally doubling your career earnings in eight days. That's a lot. But it was he, good to see him win. He struggled mightily for mm. a long time with the putter. He did. He did. Most of your listeners will probably have seen some Twitter or Instagram footage of ground level putts where he, <laughs> he fair him, he almost misses the putter face. Yeah. He, has a, he misses a two footer. Like he lines up in the center of the putter face and he almost shanks the putt. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, uh, He's like he's a bit like Will Zalatoris. They love showing that front on low to the ground shot of his putter face yeah. because it's doing that. It's it's all over the place. I was um, going to say he makes Will Zalatoris look like Ben Crenshaw. He <laughs> he really. Well, he's, he's got the it's not the broomstick. He's got the longer putter now that he doesn't anchor. I did watch him about twenty five times because I'm sure if it was any thought of him anchoring, he was going to certainly get howled down by social media. But he was pretty good today. Um, didn't see anything that looked like it. He, and down the stretch, he looks shaky. Um, two weeks tired. I think it was for, for Australian listeners. I think there were the forecast was about thirty-eight degrees and you know ninety percent humidity. And I think it was a feels like temperature of like forty-four or forty-five on on Thursday or Friday. Um, the guys were sweating through all their clothes and trying to get under as um, wet towels and just keep the temperatures down. So if you think about a guy who won his event last week after a long time of battling to try and get one, comes into this week probably a little bit tight already, comes into those conditions, and then is battling down the stretch again. When he rinsed the ball on, I think it was about 16, par three, that didn't ever get over land, I thought, here we go. This is it. This is this is the bit where he packs it up and, and just goes off into the distance and Patrick Cantlay wins. But to his credit, he hit his next shot close enough and just kept making parts. Like you said, the, the, the part... The part of his game that was terrible was his strength. It was was so good to watch. Yeah. I think he's um, I'm just pulling up his numbers now. So for the event this week, he was ranked 12th in putting. So um, that's you know for someone who's struggled with the putter, you'll take that every day. Yeah, that's a remarkable turnaround. Absolutely, uh, and a triumph over some personal issues as well. He had a, he had a. Difficult separation with his wife. He took a restraining order out on her at one point. I think no, right. she was she was violent towards him and had some sort of alcohol problem. And he's yeah, he's he's fought through a lot. Yeah, sadly, it's a common common stories that pop up here. Like, I mean, and just because they play golf, I guess they're not immune to that sort of stuff. But it is common sort of stories that you hear on, uh, ongoing here and there from those sorts of those um, high profile golfers that. Um, have sort of things going on in their life that you just wouldn't know about. Um, and, you know, we all know how much anything, a bad week at work can affect how well you plan on Saturday in your, in your um, stable food comp, let alone trying to make a living out of it. it it's it's unbelievable, some of their stories. Yeah. Um, he did win in a playoff, Patrick Cantlay, who I think everyone would have had as the red-hot favourite um, in, the, in the playoff. Uh, he hit his ball into the water on the playoff hole and um, that was it for him and Lucas Club got the win. Um, Spieth hit two in the water down the stretch as well. He was pretty interesting. And the other two that came up just short were probably, I will say, fan favourites, Rory and uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, would you care if either Tommy or, or, or Rory won ever again? Still got an attachment to both those guys, Rory in particular. 
I do have favourites, but I, yeah, just less invested generally. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see. I'd, I'd love to see both Spieth and Rory complete the career slam. Agree. That, yeah. That'd be a fantastic thing to see. I'm with you. Um, love to see Tommy win something big. Love to see Max Homer continue to succeed as well. Ma- Max came good the last couple of weeks. He's someone I'll be keeping an eye on. I, I, uh, he was playing well early. He's had a lot going on in life, had his first child. Um, everything impacts everything. Um, he really didn't wasn't playing great golf mid-year and he's the last sort of three or four weeks I'm seeing something coming through from him um, and to see him right up there this week was really good really good to see and did I see that that Hideki finished like a steam train as well oh he did look Hideki's been a, a bane of my existence on the podcast the last few weeks he um He's, in gambling terms, um, been setting fire to some of my hard-earned money. Um, but he did do what a normal Patrick Cantlay would do. He had a 65 today, um, which shot him up the leaderboard. And a bit like um, Justin Thomas. Justin, no, Justin Thomas. Justin Rose. Justin Rose did something similar. I think it was around three. He shot nine under, maybe in the course record, lift clean and place. But still, nine under is a good score and shot himself up from like last into 20th. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They, they 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 always rate really well. They're great golfers, but they just don't seem to ever shut the door. Not not, not that they never have, but Hideki just can't quite get there at the moment. I don't know. I think he's coming off that injury in his neck, and I'm I'm just not I'm just not feeling him. I was for a long time, but yeah, I think I've sworn off him for a little while, at least okay. anyway. So he was really touch and go to miss the cut for the next week event. He was, yeah. He 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 was right around the number. I, I did have them written down. I can't remember where they are now, but he was right around the number of not being able to get through. And I think he just got in. Um, Cam Davis was the other one I know that needed to, to, to have a great res- result and to get through to this week, and he did, which was great to see. Um, but other than that, the honest answer is if I look at the, um, the 50 guys that got through from last week, so 70 got to the FedEx, 50 go on to the BMW, it's probably the right 50. I mean, Justin Thomas is a big name, but he hasn't played well this year. He's not in the 50. Um, everyone else that should be in there is in there. Um, now it comes down to the pointy end. I mean, only 30 mm. guys obviously go to Eastlake. Um, so it'd be very, very interesting to see. You know, I saw Colin Morikawa asking questions today. I think he's sitting right around that number uh, in those 20 spots. So um, they're all just trying to make sure they get there because not only is there truckloads of cash, but if you get through to the the the, the final you automatic entry to to majors, automatic entry to the top tier events, the signature events next year. Um, you're literally just set up for probably two, three years on tour, and you won't have to won't have to probably even win an event. Um, it's, there's just so much money involved. You could see what it meant to Nick Hardy just missing out. Yes, yes, yeah, just gutted, which is yep. a, sh- a shame for him. It was, it was, it really was. As um. He and Davis Riley just dropped out. Dan Glover, and Glover came in. Glover was, he was only between fifty and seventy. I think he's like number fifty-nine, and he obviously with another win went straight back into the probably into the top fifteen or twenty now. Um, so he should be going on to the final, which is um yeah, which is good. He earned it. Two wins. He should be going straight through. So you you mentioned JT earlier, not making them. Hmm. Do you think they pick him for the Ryder Cup? Um, yeah, not sure. I'd say now that I I couldn't have him on the Ryder Cup team. Um, if you're picking a team, you you have to think about not just his history there and say how well he plays with Jordan Spieth. That's great, but you can't pick teams like that forever. And I think 
in a time when you've got so much top tier talent, um, yeah, I'd be bringing in someone someone that's going to earn it. And I and and I don't know that Lucas Glover is going to be earning his spot on the team ever again. But right now, it'd be hard to knock him back. Um, guys like Cameron Young's right in the mix of a, a captain's pick, and I know everyone's saying he's going to be in it, but he's been rubbish this year. Over about three tournaments, he's played well. Two of them are majors. But other than that, he hasn't played good golf. Um, but JT, I just can't see him. I can't see them picking him. If they pick him specifically because they know he partners well with um, Jordan Spieth, I'd be disappointed. If it was a European team, I'd say take him because they can take that risk on bringing a guy in looking for that magic that they need um, to try and get a win. Whereas the US team's full of stars. They don't need to bring in a guy for luck, You know, if that makes sense. like I'd, I'd rather bring in a guy that's playing well and, and really put the hammer down. I don't know. You, 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 I mean, you, do you watch the Ryder Cup? Would you be you'd be interested to watch it this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And you're going to be, I know you'd be extremely upset if Justin Thomas isn't there, but um, do you think he should be there? I don't think he should be there. And I was perplexed as to why people even had it as a question. I, yeah. A month ago, he he, he stinks uh, this year, unfortunately for him. I mean, he's an extremely talented player. You cast your mind back to that players' championship that he won and the the shapes yeah. that he hit and the, the tragic control that he exhibited. Like he... He's a he has remarkable talent, but yeah, he's a long way from that at the moment. Well, he's ranked on the Ryder Cup standings up until this week. He's actually ranked number five, uh, fourteen on points. Um, so fourteen, when you look at a team like this, he's not getting in. So Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantlay, Brian Harmon, Brooks Kepka, Max Homer, all automatics, and then you've got Xander, Jordan Spieth, Cameron Young. again question mark. Morikawa, Keegan Bradley would be a question. Sam Burns is a question. Ricky Fowler, I think, has played well enough to get get in. And then you're sort of coming down to guys like JT, who I don't think gets in. Denny McCarthy probably doesn't get in. Um, Lucas Glover, I think, is pretty close to punching a ticket after the back-to-back wins coming in. Um, and then you're getting down to Kurt Kittyama, Harris English, Finau. Those guys probably don't get in. So... Yeah, yeah Finau's further down the batting order than I realised he was. He's going to miss. He's going to miss. Um, again, started really well. hasn't hasn't really tied it together. Again, if he wins this week or next week, he got he's an automatic. He'll just go because because of like you said. I think most people look at him like he's already there or he's going to be close enough to it. Um, but that's a long way down the points. I mean, he's ranked twenty first. He's behind. Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. I mean, obviously, this is over a couple of years. Will Zalatoris hasn't played golf this year. Played. So, yeah. Yeah. Tells you how, how his year's gone. Denny McCarthy's putter make you consider him as a as a, as a a worthy flutter if you're Zach Johnson? That's it. I mean, what, why wouldn't you have a, you know, give a guy a golden ticket? He's, he's probably not going to get there again. Uh, maybe he does. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to get onto that team as it is. If you think he works well with a Scotty Scheffler whose putter's rubbish, who knows? Maybe they go, yeah, let's 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 take him or mix something up. But you're not going to do that with eight bigs. You might do it with two. Um, and yeah, they've they've got probably six guys that any of them could take those final two spots. And I don't think there's any wrong answer at all. Um, UK golf guy was at uh, Marco Simeone yesterday. Oh, really? And said that the rough is thick. Yeah, I um, I'm looking forward to no laying so, up. Po- they haven't posted out there. Uh, 
he'll he'll have something up in the next 24 to 48 hours, probably some stills. Um, I haven't seen anything on Instagram from him as yet, but yeah, he's a good follow for your for your listeners. Um, UK golf guy, David it was, Jones. It was supposed to be where I was supposed to be this year. Uh, myself and uh, Nick Smith, Doc, we uh, went in the ballot. We I didn't get anything. Doc got four tickets to practice day Thursday. Um, but we said if we can just get tickets at either Saturday or Sunday, we're there. Um, and the second release, I got options for Friday, uh, round one of the tournament. And I was like, no, nah, it has to be Saturday or Sunday. Like, I don't want to be there for the, the practice day on that first day. So we passed. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it'd be disappointing because I had it marked down for a very long time. I thought it was a very easy one to talk my wife into doing. It's like, we're going to go to Italy. Fantastic. And it's for a golf tournament. Okay, but we're still in Italy. So, good. That, that would have been an easy sell, I reckon. Um, but no, not this year. Next time, next time. Um, well, I've, email- I've got a I've got a trip booked next April. Oh, you do? Uh, yes, we didn't talk about that. So, ever, what ever are you since, doing? <laughs> ever ever since ever since the late nineteen nineties, I've been entering the practice round ballot at Augusta National, and uh, finally, finally uh, came through with a with a practice round ticket. I have one ticket for Wednesday. And I'm going, as you should. Why so you? I'm I'm going to trawl Washington Road on the Saturday or Sunday to see if I can get a Monday ticket. Yep, I'm going to be prepared to pay a couple of hundred bucks for that. Yep. Uh, I don't think Tiger's going to create the hysteria that he's created in years past. So he's probably not going to inflate ticket prices to a thousand dollars for the Monday morning. Uh, but yeah, I've 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 planned a like a, a hit and run mission, like a nine day turnaround, frequent flyers. Love it. Um, staying with the mate in Aiken, so yes, that's no, not those. What's that? Twenty minutes Aiken because we play golf twice there. I think it's twenty minutes, thirty minutes away max. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's very far. No. And Zach Zach Blair's course is twenty minutes in the other direction. Old Barnwell looks like it's almost between Aiken and Augusta. Uh, so, yeah, tri- trips almost totally planned. <laughs> so <laughs> stack, stack them all up. Yeah, yeah no, there'll so, be a lot of a lot of people listening that'll be a little bit jealous of that. I can guarantee, or a lot jealous actually. Well, they do. I mean, they keep putting, they keep sending out the ballot application every year, and and I've been entering it for a long, long time. Yep. Uh, and the odds feel like they're they're tougher than Taylor Swift tickets, but you, it, it does come <laughs> up. So, well, I didn't get any this year. I did get them in twenty. I always got to mix things up. Twenty nineteen. Um, we got four tickets for the Wednesday as well, and we we padded it out with getting organising tickets for Friday and Sunday. But yeah, I think it's it, even if you're not remotely thinking you could do it, if you're mad not to go on the ballot every year, just in case, because you just never know what's going to come up. You could yeah. get really lucky. Yeah. Um, the tick uh, tickets, the bets for last week, the email that came out. If you do want to get onto the email, it is three putt pod at gmail.com or one word three putt pod. Um, it was, gee, it was a really, really, really good week. We had Patrick Cantlay, who lost in the playoff. He was paying $20. Uh, we had three picks for top 20. Lucas Glover, who was the winner, um, and Cam Davis were two of those. They both finished top 20 and one. We didn't get a round one winner, but we did pick a round one uh, multi where we picked three groups where we had to pick the lowest score in each three groups. And when we got that, um, one was a tie. So it was originally paying $12. It chopped down to about, I think it was $7.50 or $8, but... Lots of little winners, so hopefully people had some wins there. And the one thing that we did tell you, who won't win, 
we said Rory won't win. Um, he didn't win. Um, he did say we did say he could perform okay, but he won't win. Um, we didn't think his driver was going to be accurate enough to get there, and 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 it probably wasn't the key to him not winning. Probably more is around the green stuff, but uh, he didn't get there, so that was that was a good one as well. Um, we did put some late picks out for the um, AIG Women's Open, which was on this week, which was won by Lily Artvu. I got that right for the first time ever. I always go to see Lily Avu, but it's Lilia space Vu. Uh, Lilia, Lilia absolutely, I was going to say she she belted them. She absolutely, um, 67-67 on the weekend, wins by six. That's 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 killing him enough. Charlie um, Charlie Hull in second. Um, the, the local hope. The local hope um, yeah. Very disappointing for for the locals there cheering her on, um, but no, you know, it was really good to see when Lilia wins her second major of the year in the AIG Women's Open. Uh, we didn't have any winners there though. We did put out a late email with some of those picks. I was a little bit, a little bit excited in the first round. We picked Emily Christine Pedersen to each way at two hundred and fifty to one, and she was I think fourth after round one. So I was a little bit excited. But then she played for the next three rounds like someone who was 250 to 1, finished about 25th or 30th, which is still a good, really good week for her. But I thought that was going to be, um, yeah, one that we were going to get correct. But we did not. Um, the other winners we didn't bet on, uh, we didn't bet on Gabby Ruffles. She'll be one that we're watching for the LPGA Tour next year. Uh, Gabby was has won a third event of the season on the Epsom Tour, which is unbelievable to see. Um, absolutely um, taking names over there and, and killing them, which is really, really good. Um, can't wait to see her next year. And the other event that I'm sure some people watched, to be honest, I won't lie, I did not watch any this week, uh, was Live Golf. Cam Smith, again, another big, big winner. He won by seven over Anraban Lahiri and Abe Anser, um, who made up the top three at the Live event. Did you watch any of those events? Uh, if you did, I can probably guess the only one you might have seen any of was the Women's Open. Correct. Tiny yes. bit of the Women's Open. So Walton really? Heath. Yeah, really, just because I wanted to see Walton Heath. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> um, and 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 Lilia Vu just, as you said, brained him. Just yep. never really looked like relinquishing the lead. Um, just a yeah, just a dominant performance. Great weekend, and is and and world number one now. Yeah, yeah, and so. just it's um. It was. I really enjoy watching it. Like I'd, I'd not seen the course before. I know that the pre, pre, pre tournament they talked about it having a Ryder Cup there moons ago, and and everything else. It's just so like there's just so much beauty to those golf courses than watching a lot of golf courses in the states. Um, just the shots, the the weather, the every the conditions, everything just looks like so much more fun, um, more fun to watch, even if not playing. I've never been there. It's on the list for me to go and visit. A friend's just come back from a UK golf trip and I remember him saying a while ago that he could go to England and play golf every day for 100 consecutive days, never play the same course twice and yeah. have a great golf course to visit every day. And, yeah, the Heathlands of Surrey and some of the headline acts like Walton Heath and Woking and Swinley Forest and... Sunningdale and the Berkshire and there's there's plenty of others around that neck of the woods that mm. are, are equally beautiful, Mike. Like that yep. heather and, and yeah. great texture to the landscape and yep. beautiful bunkering and understated greens. You could you could just have a field day there. Mm. It looks like a day where I'd want to catch it when the conditions aren't turned up too much. 
But um, oh, it just looks just look lovely. This look really really nice. I mean, yeah, not picking on um the FedEx this week, but it just not 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 the same. Just not the same. And I think we're probably a bit spoilt because we've come out of watching the Scottish and then the Open Championship itself. So you you're getting a feel and a bit of a want to play those sorts of courses, and then you see the Women's Open. It's like oh yeah, I'd rather watch that every week. Because sadly, we don't just don't have enough enough events played on that sort of terrain. They're exactly. they're at the old course next year, AIG Women's Open. Yes, that'll be um that'll be one people we will be making a beeline for. I think, um I think this year, a lot of people talked. Oh, sorry, last year for the Open, they talked a lot about um how many people would go for the hundred and fiftieth, and how it actually, now hand up, never been there, but they talked about it not being the greatest course to go and watch because you kind of have to stay on the outsides of the course when you're there watching. It'd be very interesting to see how much different it is to to the women's versus the men's event when they're there and if it is easier to watch or maybe less people and whatever especially versus the 150th i guess but um yeah just seeing them play that course um set up like that would be just amazing to compare it to how the men went um and probably play come back to a rollback idea just because they're hitting it a little bit shorter just seeing the different shots they have to hit and the different clubs they're hitting into greens and, and how they're playing the course will be different it'll be good to watch as well yeah I remember watching Lydia Ko play an Australian Open around Royal Melbourne and there were a lot of times where she would hit an approach shot from a particular spot Mm. and I would think, oh, I hit approach shots from there. (laughs) And then about two minutes later, I would just think, well, I've never hit an approach shot that good before, <laughs> and, well, she, and that happened hole after hole after hole. You think, well, I can, I can sort of get it to where you're getting it to off the tee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it ends there. Was the same irons as well? No, or similar. No, no. Sometimes, sometimes longer. Yeah. Wow. And, and deliberately, yeah. Oh, just trajectory control was ridiculous. Yeah. And she'd half hit them and they'd land short, but run on, and you'd think you. Look like you've played here all your life. Yeah, she was she was remarkable, and and the whole field surprised me with their accuracy. Like people talk about, yeah. oh, the women's game's more relatable. It's relatable from a distance perspective, but like you said, they are in the middle of the fairway all the time. We are not, yeah, yeah. not even close. Yeah, their their proximity to hole stats. Oh, yeah, the, 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 well, I'm not playing that game. So <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough. Um, it was good. We good to watch. Definitely, I think it's something we all need to do more. Is watch a lot of the women's game, uh, a lot more of it. People, people. Um, we are probably sport with the amount of golf we get on television, and there's no excuses not to watch it. Um, I don't think anyone. Anyway. Um, this week's event we have the BMW Championship, second to last event of the season. It's at Olympia Fields North Course. It is another one of those events that does chop around a little bit. Last time they played here was a couple of years ago, two years ago. I think John Rahm won. Um, previously was the Western Open, now the BMW Championship since about 2007. Uh, it was DJ. Sorry, Rahm beat DJ in the playoff at minus four. I did write that down. There you go. Uh, early weather is the guys will be happy. It's not going to be as humid and hot as it has been this week in Memphis, um, but it is still going to be warm. Uh, currently looking at around 26 to 30 degrees, possible a little bit of rain on Thursday. Um, again, we do put the email out on on Thursday Melbourne time or Wednesday night Melbourne time with a lot more detail closer to because it is Monday now. So we are trying to predict the future and 
Um, as you might have seen on the, any weather broadcast you've ever seen in your life, it's hard enough to pick tomorrow's weather, let alone a week away from now. Um, Patrick Cantlay's won here two years in a row. Um, he obviously won. He got close to winning this week. Uh, Ram, JT, Keegan, DJ, and Mark Leishman also winners here over the last few years. Only 30 go on to Eastlake. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to watch that fight to get into that last 30. Um, most people aren't probably too fussed about it yet, but I can guarantee the broadcast will be shoving it down your throat the whole time about who's sitting where. And with that birdie, this person moves to 27th on the on the FedEx list, even though it's only Thursday morning and they've only played five holes. Um, they won't stop. Um, will you be watching any of that at all? I'm going to say no. Probably not. No, nah, that's okay. Um, oh, I don't wait for the tour. I'd, there, there's a time where I would have, but prob- probably not. I'd, I, Patrick Rogers was one chap we didn't mention before, and I, I noticed he snuck in. He was he was bubble Did. boy. And I've, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him. He's really accomplished college player and, and amateur and sort of just it's never really materialised for him. And, and I sort of wish him the best. I hope that he has a good week this week. Um, that the year that you were talking about DJ just being pipped by Ram, was that the year that Ram made a series of just ridiculous long putts over the top of him, knocked some massive putt in on a playoff over him as well? Uh, it does ring a bell. It does ring a bell. Ron, John Ram went through that stretch where I felt like he did that every week. Like he was just bulletproof there for a while. Yeah. Um, it does ring a bell that that might have been it. He... He's just not quite finding it all yet. I don't know that he's miles away. He didn't play well this week. Um, but again, if he's played well here before, the numbers don't stack up too poorly. He could be someone that, that could go very, very well this week. He does rank number one in my list. Uh, I will quickly run through the list before we play Mike versus the Mug. I hope you have some players ready. I, I hope you've done any sort of homework for that, even though you're not a big PGA Tour guy. And I really hope for my wallet that you pick Patrick Rogers. Um, being that you're quite a big fan. <laughs> um, quick run through the top of the board. Scotty Scheffler, $8.50. Rory, $8.50. John Rahm, 10 Patrick Cantlay, 11 Victor Hovland, 17 Xander Shoffley, 19 Fleetwood, 21 Morikawa, 23 Jordan Spieth, 26 Homer, 26 Matsuyama, 31 Tyrell Hatton, 31 They are the players at the pointy end. Now, business time. This is Mike versus the mug for anyone who hasn't listened to this before. Matt is now going to have the selection of the board. He gets to pick any three players that he thinks can win out of 50. Um, he's got 6% of the market. He then, once he picks them, we write them down, and then I get to pick three after. If any of his three beat my three, as so he just has to get one person to be the best of those six, um, I donate money to charity. Have you got a charity that you'd like me to donate money to if you do beat me? You can pick anywhere. If you don't, we just normally, I'd normally donate to Lifeline. Yeah, let's go Lifeline. That okay. sounds good. And when that I say normally I have to, I've only had to do it once because, you know, I'm pretty good. No, 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 not really. <laughs> I, uh, every single week I've had an absolute, like I've just been really lucky at the end to um to, to not have to reach into my pocket. But, I, I you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So, Matt, who have you got? Who are your, who are your three picks? I thought I was going to pick second, so I'm going to be very sporting. I'm not going to change my picks. You can pick anybody. I'm going to I'm going to leave you some tremendous value ah, on, yes. on the board. Good. I'll give you a fighting chance. I'm going to go with <laughs> going to go with Xander. Yep. Victor Hovland. Yep. 
and Sahith Thigala. Ooh, I like Sahith. Do you know what? I'll tell you right now, Xander is 19. Uh, Victor Hovland is 17. And Sahith Thigala is $81. So um, ball striker's ball striker. This is the time of year where you can never go wrong picking Xander Shoffley. Absolutely guarantee that. he He's like Cantlay. They just somehow find, shockingly, when the money turns up, those two decide to start playing some okay golf, hmm. which is, you know, not surprising at all. Um, for me, I will, I'll pick, um, I'll firstly, I'll read the top, I'll read you the top 15 that run in my data. Um, there's no shock here. We're coming down the pointy and these are the best players. So there's no surprise. The best players all filter to the top when it comes to looking at these numbers. John Rahm sits on top. Cantlay, Rory, Scheffler, Hatton, Hovland, Fowler, Day, Finau. Clark, Young, Connors, Shoffley, Morikawa, and Im. Um, my first pick is going to be John Rahm, only because I mean he played really poorly last week, but I think when he's played, he he, he rates number one, and he rates number one in my number, and my number's quite high. Um, he's finished it at this event, so he obviously won here two years ago, uh, sorry three years ago, but he's finished here like pretty much top ten nearly every time he's played here. In this event, uh, finished second at the Open, and he was thirty seventh this week. So he's pretty much spaced his runs. He played at the Travelers, and then he didn't play for like a month. Played at the Open, then didn't play until the FedEx. So hoping he's a bit fresh. And wasn't he? Won't be. Um, he won't be sort of sitting there thinking he had a great week last week, and hopefully that puts a little bit of a fire under under his belly. I'm going to go down the board a little bit and just try and pick. I don't. I don't want to pick all the favourites because I think that would be very very boring. Um, I'm going to pick Wyndham Clark as my next pick. So Wyndham Clark, he's about fifty or sixty to one. Um, didn't hasn't gone super well here. Oh, sorry, I don't know if he's played here before. Um, he obviously played well at the um at the U.S. Open, but he he ranks reasonably high up in my numbers, and I don't like the guys that are above him, like Tyrrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Tony Finau. I just don't I don't have any massive um love for those guys this week. Uh, and the last one I'm going to pick is going to be Patrick Cantlay. Sorry, he's he's number two on my list. Um, he's a, he's like the so that's a, the third favorite and the fourth favorite I'm picking. Um, Cantlay ranks second on my list. Um, again, like Xander, who probably would have been my picks if you didn't pick him. He's just he's won his last two here. The only thing going against Patrick Cantlay this week is he's won the last two events. This this event the last two times. And I'm a very, very, very big fan of law of averages. So if you win last year, you don't win this year. Or if you won last week, you don't win the week after. And a guy like Lucas Glover this week taught me that it can happen, but it just doesn't happen a lot. Um, It's just one of those things. There's no rhyme or reason behind it. If you're a gambling person, you get what I'm saying. If you're a person that just uses pure logic, you're thinking Mike's an idiot, which is fine. Um, But there is something in it, I promise you. Um, so there are our picks. So Matt, you've got Xander, Victor Hovland, and Sahith, and I've got Ram, Wyndham Clark, and Patrick Cantlay this week. Uh, for anyone who does want to know, I should have told you this before. Lucas Glover was one hundred and fifteen to one last week, um, up coming coming off a win. So that tells you um, tells you how uh, how he was going, and he was picked by a very big um, golf tipster online. I'm trying to remember his name now. He works for Betfair, um, and he ended up, I think. 
sort of paying most of the people around $80 because as soon as he puts a pick out, everyone jumps onto that pick. Um, so it's um, it's always one he to did follow. A, he did a Phil Mickelson and moved the line. He 100% moves the line. If it's um, Tyndall's his surname. I just can't remember his first name. Him, Ben Coley, who I know TC is a big fan of, these guys work around those angles for a long time. If you've got a person that you want to bet, you want to get on before they put their tips out because if one of their tips is your person, their odds just drop um, because everyone follows them. Just just follows. Wow. It's, it's amazing to watch. Um, Next week is this week as well. We're not going to bet on it. We're not going to talk about it. Um, But it, the ISPS Handa Men's World Invitational and the Women's uh, event is on. It's a, it's a dual event. It's at Galorm and Castle Rock Golf Course in Northern Ireland. Two courses. They've got the DP World Tour the LPGA and LET tours all playing at the same time. Uh, Bobby Mack and Victor Perez are both going over there to try and get their last crack at a Ryder Cup spot for the Euro team. I will probably watch a little bit of it, but won't be having any interest in it. I, I don't um, I don't think it's one that I'm going to have too much viewing of, but I will be putting the email out on the BMW. So if anyone is interested, um, please just send us an email, threepartpod at gmail.com, threepartpodcast, I should say. Uh, at gmail.com and that will um, get you the email each week. There's a few people on there now and, and they're enjoying uh, enjoying reading it if for nothing else. And you can use all the data there and pick your, draw your own conclusions and pick your own bets if you like. That's really up to you. Matt, there's one thing I forgot. Just one. Well, I'm sure there's a lot. First thing is, sorry, two things. First thing is, last week we had a, a giveaway of a Seven Mile Beach beanie for a person to pick a winner of the FedEx and the winning score. The person that won, sadly, is a friend of mine because he was very happy to tell me that he won the beanie. He picked, not only did he pick Patrick Cantlay, who didn't win, but he was in the bluff. He picked the minus 15 as well for a guy who doesn't really love golf that much. That was very impressive. So well done to Dean Podger. Um, he's currently living in Thailand, so I don't know how I'm going to get him a beanie or what he would do with a beanie because he's not going to be wearing it in Thailand. It's way too hot. Well done, Dean. The last thing we're going to do before you get to go we did start a new new um, segment last week. So if you didn't listen to the podcast, you don't know this is coming and it was not on the run sheet. And that is our lucky sevens questions. I've got seven questions for you that you have to answer reasonably quickly and honestly. All right. You ready? Far away. Favorite golf course you've ever played? The old course. And that's it. That's it. That's, I won't lie. That's a really good answer. Um, number one on the courses you have to play that haven't played yet? Pine Valley. Pine Valley, I think, will be popular. Last week's guest said Tara Eti, and I, I probably would say Tara Eti as well. Uh, the Masters or the Open? And if Fred Ridley's listening, he may take the ticket off you if you answer the wrong way. <laughs> Go to or win? Well, which one do I prefer? Oh. I was actually thinking more around if you could only watch one forever, but maybe it's either. You can play, take it any way you like. You could say win. You could take it as a as a watch, attend. I'm going to go the open just. Okay. And which one is it, to win or to attend or to watch? Either. either. Yeah, that's fair enough. Now, the, the more I think about it, either. Yeah. <laughs> I do love I, I do love the, the Masters. And, and talking about golf at the top of the episode and, and your early days with it, I'd yeah. Very vivid memories, waking up in the dark on a Monday morning, watching that back nine and riding an Australian home to win a green jacket and hoping that it would finish before you had to pile into the car and go to school because you didn't want to be on the way to class on Monday morning and not know how it turned out. And Yep. Yep. 
no, you're not wrong. It's a, uh, I think it's one of those things that is burnt in all of our minds is early mornings and a very, very green golf course on the television with yellow flags. Yeah. Uh, it's all there. Um, striped drive or flushed iron? Flushed iron. Yeah. Same. Pin in or pin out? In. Yeah. Okay, that's your weird. I just can't leave it in. It does my head in. I don't know why. I always putt for the gaps. Um, are you a dew sweeper or a half sets and sunsets man? More half sets and sunsets. Yeah, yeah I'm with you there. Now, the last question used to be, and I've only done this twice, so I don't know why I say used to be, um, who wins a major next year, but we've changed it because I had a listener write me and say, this is a question you should ask. And I, thought, I really like that. So thanks to um, Cheese, who was our who's host number one, co-host number one. Favorite golf memento or keepsake that you have? Oh, what a great, what a great question! I know it really was. I was, I was surprised. No offense, Cheese. Memento or keepsake? Yeah. Of all the things you've got, and I'm, I guess you're a lot like me. I know you're a flag man, and there's a million things that he probably got tucked away and. Little knickknacks here and there. What's the there's, what's the one a, thing? There's a thousand of them. Um, I've got a, I've got a hickory. I've got a hickory driver that has the Royal Melbourne Golf Club stamp on the bottom of it. Yep, and it was made by the pro at Royal Melbourne, and. He won a commendation for golf club making at um, like a like a, an exhibition, an international exhibition, yeah, right. a century ago. And yeah, to think that a guy who was at that club won an Australian Open over that course, noted club maker, and this thing somehow escaped hard rubbish day a thousand times, <laughs> and now it's in my hands, and it works beautifully, and it's been lovingly restored by Ross Baker, and. Yeah, it's that's pretty hard you know, to and, and I use it. I use yeah. it, so it's yeah, functional yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, it's just yep. a thing of beauty, and um, yeah, really cherished. That's a good answer. No, no, no bad answer. I don't think anyone will have a bad answer to that one. I reckon um, that will be. The, there's book number four, Mike. Yeah, just, there's going to be so many things people could could answer with that. I think you could ask fifty different people that question. Yep. Yeah. And There's it, a 150-page book. You've got a blurb on the person, <laughs> a photo of their item, and a description of the item. Yeah, that's a great idea. You should write that book too. I'll, okay, I'll... I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, thank you very much for coming on. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. Really, really good having you here. And for anyone... Um, well, first I'll do mine once. If anyone wants to follow us, three part podcast at gmail.com is the email address um three putt par on every other social i think most of the time um and sorry i should have said three putt par i did have someone ask me why three putt par um three putt par sums up golf betting down to the ground and it sums up this week i had money on patrick Cantlay to win and having him in a playoff was a little bit like driving the green on a par four and you're all excited because you think this is going to be really good and then at some point, it just doesn't quite work out that way and you're three-putting and get a par. So a lot of the time, it's you're not going to win or it's going to be not quite what you panned out for. 
And that's why three putt par. So gamble responsibly anyone who is having a bet and make sure um, if you're not, if it's not fun, don't do it. It's, it's, um, it's just having a little bit of fun. Firstly, secondly, and lastly for you, the podcast for listeners that want to tune in, where should they go? Uh, Australian golf passport podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram. We don't send out an, a direct email. Uh, we we try to get an episode out every fortnight. Sometimes it's a tiny bit more frequent. Invariably, it's a little further apart. Scott and I both have young kids, both work, both our wives work. So need uh, need a wealthy benefactor to, <laughs> to, to to bankroll it and allow us to get a weekly show out. That'd be fantastic. But um, yeah, Australian Golf Passport Podcast. And for those who are interested in a rollback, rollback alliance, on those same sort of social platforms. Um, good website with a couple of little resources there that that discuss that concept and and that issue a little more so and hopefully try and make sense of something and, and provide a little bit of flesh around the bones of what the USGA is doing. So, Good stuff. Plenty there to catch up on. Mate, thank you again. And, um, yeah, see you all soon. Cheers. Thank you, Mike.